Pastor Orr's coming. Everybody say, bless him in Jesus' name. Let's give that unto the Lord this morning. Amen. What a God we serve here today. What a mighty God. Praise God. No greater love than this, than he that's willing to lay down his life. I'm glad he laid it down. They didn't take it. He laid it down. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. It's good to see all of the house of the Lord this morning. May God bless you. We know he has and will. Because he's just being God. Nobody or nothing can stop that. As he looks down upon us from the heavens with his goodness and grace and mercy. And visit us in such a beautiful and powerful way. Praise God. Let's look around. Some's not with us this morning. Let's pray that God would touch them. Man, Brother Randy's sister Debbie. Sister Debbie's uh, tried a new medication. It's really affecting her. Robbing her of strength and energy. So let's keep them in our prayers today. Man, Sister Buford's sister's real, real low. Uh, so let's pray for her. She's down there with that family in Gulfport. And God would just strengthen and bless and use her a time like this. And others that's not here, man, for one reason or another, that let's pray God would touch them and bless them and move on their behalf. Man, let me say it was good to see all of you yesterday. It was able to come help celebrate the 80th birthday of Sister Glenda Whittington. What a beautiful job. Their children done. Man, man, the decorations of food what a beautiful time we had man the parking lot filled up the fellowship hall filled up so we just had a good time but we want to say thanks to all of you for being a part of that and give honor to them amen what a beautiful job they've done god bless you this morning let our classes go back man thank god for sunday school department sunday school teachers and students parents that's willing to bring their children to be a part of Sunday school and get the word of God and the taste of the Lord. What a presence we felt here already this morning. Don't ever underestimate what takes place in moments like this because it's just in a moment of time that God can perform the miraculous and put things into motion to bring it about. Let's continue to pray for Mitch. His surgery went very well, but um, amen. They give him orders. You know, we, me and Brother Brad kind of thought this is odd. When it was broke, he could walk on it. They fixed it. Now he can't walk on it for two weeks. Amen. That don't make a whole lot of sense, does it? Praise God. But anyway, let's pray for them and Mitch and God. And that a healing virtue. And that's what we've been praying. Man, they went down there, done that, come right home. So we know God's favor's with him. We thank God for that. And pray that God will make him strong. Make Sister Ford strong physically. Amen. Amen. The strength of Israel will be their strength. Amen. To raise them up, strengthen them. Amen. To get on their feet. I know if I was in their conditions, I'd want you to be praying that. Amen. Because I'd want to get back on my feet. Amen. To be able to do what I can't do for myself. You know, I hope the Lord would just take me on out. Praise God. And that time comes whenever that is. But you know what? Me and Mr. Keith Bear was talking about it here a few weeks ago. And he said, we don't have a whole lot of say in that, do we? No, sir. We sure don't. Amen. But we can't ask and request. But if God don't work it out that way, that's God's business. He's God no matter what comes or goes. Amen. So we're just going to yield ourselves, humble ourselves unto him, put our trust in him. Amen. Because we serve an almighty God. It's good to see so many back. I know we've been battling with sickness and flus and uh, viruses and things of that nature. But praise God. Hopefully that's all about to get behind us. And amen. We can march on and have some great times. Amen. First Sunday of the year. 2024, praise God, to be in the house of God. Amen. With the mind's made up. Man, I'm going to be here the last Sunday of this year unless the rapture takes place or I die. 
Outside of that, I plan on being here. Amen. Unless he moves me somewhere. That's that's his business too. What I'm saying, I'm planning on being at church somewhere. Amen. That's not a question. I plan on being at church or in heaven. I sure ain't making no plans to go to hell. And I'm sure not going to try to help him. If any way I can, I'm going to do my best not to. Amen. And I'm going to do my best to not let any of you go. Praise God. God help us. God help us. That's the reason I want him to put a bridle on my tongue and a watch him at my door. Create in me a right spirit. Amen. The world that we're living, the times that we're living. We're living in a world that's, um, uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. It's, it ties in with our lesson to a certain degree. Man, we live in a world of bitterness. I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, it don't take much, much at all. Amen. Around us in the world that we're living, the times that we're living. And maybe it's a lack of wisdom because Proverbs talks about that. Well-placed words, golden nuggets, pictures of silver. A man that wins souls is wise. And what is he wise in? His words and his season, the time of those words and the proper use of words. Sometimes that's not necessarily all the real intellectual words. Because Paul come along told us not too many wise and noble and mighty that were called. Amen. That, that meeting that want us to increase studies to prove ourselves unto God. But as God uses us and operates through us, you can look at the teachings, instructions of Jesus Christ himself. Some of the most simplistic manners and ways that he taught and instructed disciples and those around him through parables. Things that they could relate to and be familiar with. And he would use them, amen, to bring forth spiritual doctrines and instructions and how to live and how to be victorious Amen. That's what I want to see happen here in Bendale, Mississippi. Man, that souls in our community and our loved ones and friends and neighbors and even our enemy would be persuaded. Amen. Not by us necessarily, but of the God that we serve. Amen. That the kingdom, that witnessing power of the Holy Ghost and the love of God that manifests itself and declares itself as we walk in the beauty of true holiness. Not just on this outward countenance, but that that flows from the inward part. Amen. That meek and kind and gentle and long-suffering, the fruits of the Holy Ghost. They operate through us. And man, as we surrender, submit ourselves and just what to serve of God. Amen. Now, this is all going to tie in, I promise you, to this lesson today. Man, four chapters of writings of Ruth. What a beautiful, beautiful letter, a beautiful book that has been given to us, the part of the canopy of the Bible itself that you and I can read from and study from it and see and learn so much. Amen. From these four chapters as we look at it here today, the Ruth, Ruth the Redeemer. Ruth, a man, and the Redeemer. Man, she wasn't her own Redeemer. She had one called Boaz. Amen. It's a liken to Christ. If you know anything about it, hear it preached very often. Man, Boaz is likened to Christ, and Ruth is likened to the Gentile church that's been called and brought in through none other but our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's a lot, amen, to be addressed here this morning as we look into this letter and chapters and what's given to us through the lives of these individuals. You know, I find it amazing that the title of it is being Ruth. Amen. Praise God. One of the main characters. But there was others that played very important roles. Amen. To bring this to pass and causing it to happen. As they worked together under the divine touch of God. And the power of God in their lives. 
Amen. Willing to submit. Willing to purchase. Willing to respond. Willing to yield. We're going to see this. We're going to see this in the life of Boaz. We're going to see this in the life of Naomi. Amen. And so these are very important characters that all of us, amen, is born again Christians of the water and spirit. Amen. Amen. To be led by that spirit. We started out this morning, amen, for God to take us by the hand and lead us. I can't make one step. There's not one valley or one mountain that I can climb or go cross over without him holding my hand. Amen. I thank God that we got one that's got a hold of our hands this morning. Amen. There's not a temptation that he hadn't already conquered. There's not a dilemma or situation that he has not already conquered. He is a captain. Amen. He's got the t-shirts of any and everything you're going to face and ever face. Amen. Hallelujah. He's got it. He's been there. He knows all about it. So if we'll just follow his footsteps and follow his example. Amen. You know what? You know what his example left us? There was no guile found in his mouth. Wow. Praise God. So, but it, I mean, this thing, it, it just ties together as we start out 2024, amen, with some watermarks and, and places that we, we want to tame and hold on to. Sometimes it's, 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 it's not they're there, but amen, we've got to hold on to them. Can't let the world or our own attacks of the enemies, amen, to try, cause us to lower those watermarks. Oh, it's tempting sometimes. Praise God, it really is. I won't ever forget, I heard Brother David Bernard, this has been years ago. Amen. But he was preaching, ministering somewhere, and he made the statement. I might have read it out of one of his books somewhere anyway. He made the statement. He said, where I went to school, 80s were passing grade. So sometimes, amen, you're just glad. You, anybody ever had a test and you're just glad to pass it? Amen. Praise God. Yeah, we all been there. I guess some of you maybe hadn't. Amen. Maybe some of you have been an A student and all the areas of your life. God bless you. You can't believe in that. Hallelujah. But Ruth and the Redeemer, focus verses found this morning in Luke 3 and 11. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. A virtuous woman. Amen. I almost started mentioning our, our lesson yesterday with Sister Glenda. Amen, because it fits so well with, with the celebration, what was going on. And amen, as, as even here with Ruth and her submission and yielding herself. And hopefully, prayerfully, if God will help me here this morning, I can recall some of the things that's just the, the Lord just kind of put into my spirit. And the word of God has taught us here in this particular letter about her. Now, this is likened to all of us. Amen. Not just Ruth. Again, let me go back and remind us. This is likened to the Gentile church and Boaz is Christ. And so this is where you and I have got to make that connection. Amen. And we've got to make sure that we understand something. We're going to see the fivefold ministry in operation here. We're going to see where they're willing to humble themselves. Or she was willing to humble and yield herself. Not choosing by her own fleshly eyes. Not letting her own flesh make the decisions. But willing to surrender, submit herself unto those in her life that had become a part of her life. And even when it was times that at one point in their lives that there didn't seem like there'd be a whole lot of hope. Amen. To be given to her. Amen. Especially through Naomi. Amen. I mean, Naomi had really painted a, a very dim picture of hope. Amen. If she followed her and came after her. Amen. But you know what? It didn't stop there. Praise God. And so we're going to look into it. 
Amen. Our, our, our truth about God, God cares about every need in our lives. And notice he said need. He cares about our wants. He gives us desires of our hearts. But a lot of times our wants get us in trouble. Sometimes we'll work ourselves to death to satisfy the wants and not the needs. And then that's where, you know, got to watch those blessings. Sometimes a blessing become a curse because they, those blessings become more of a want. That creates passions and desires and things of that nature. Yeah, so, you know, we just have to watch some of that. But anyway, you notice how he put it. Needs. I will share God's love with those in need. I will share. I will not close up. James talks about that. We will not close up our hearts of what? Compassion. If we close up our hearts of compassion when we see our brother or sister that's in need. That came and knocked on our door. That's destitute. That's naked. That's uh, hungry. And, and needs, needs uh, you know. The very vital things of life itself. And we, we close up our bowels of compassion. Refuse to respond to, and to help them. And so, you know, there's a lot that we can go into that. When you start talking about widows and widows indeed. You talk about the orphanage. You talk about strangers. I will tell you this much. And I know I've said this quite often. But uh, this is what got Israel in trouble a lot in, in the Old Testament. It's, not, it's how they mishandled the stranger. That's how they mishandled the poor. That's how they mishandled a man, the orphanage, and those that didn't have fathers and, and, and leadership and helps in their lives. And, and they would push them off. If you go and read the anointing of Jesus Christ, the very purpose of Jesus Christ, that anointing from Isaiah all the way to Luke, you're going to see that anointing was come to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. Hallelujah. And that poor is not necessarily material things, but poor in spirit. Because you and I as Gentiles are poor in spirit. We didn't have access to God, the promises of God, or the hope of God. Till Jesus Christ came on the scene. And now through Jesus Christ, we have this same access, amen, to come into that place that Brother Ford was talking about this morning. Into not only to the holy place and outside the chambers, which was built even in the Old Testament. But never had access, amen, amen, to go into that holy of holies and experience God and His glory. Hallelujah, that power and that demonstration but thank God you and I have through the baptism of Holy Ghost there's nothing like it through that baptism that transformation that new creation amen that takes and gets a hold of our minds and our hearts and our spirit as we experience the touch of God and the power of God in our lives so we're blessed here this morning now pretty much I'm just gonna uh, just go through the lesson itself and talk about it and go through the scriptures and hopefully uh, we'll have the time to do as, as much as we can. We may come back tonight. I already felt a little direction and worked on it a little bit. We're going to take a verse out of these, uh, some of these settings of these scriptures tonight and preach a little bit from it again. So with the help of the Lord. But to really understand Ruth, if you notice it follows the writings of Judges. And we, we understand immediately when you look at the first chapter uh, of Ruth itself, you're going to see what is mentioned there. Amen. And what unfolds, so it helps sets the stage. Sometimes it's very important to get this stage set, to, to be able to understand or to receive the power and, and, and what's, what's really unfolded in this letter of Ruth. This transpired, this took place during the period of time of the judges. Now, what judge, what period, what time, the scripture it didn't. Because I don't think it, that part didn't matter. You could have taken this story and placed it under any of the judgment ships and times of those, those period of, of those hundreds of years that they was under judges. And uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit to start with, to help us. Especially if you read from Judges 17, 18, 19, 20, and 21. 
If you go back and look, if my memory serves me right, I think there's about five different events that took place under that judgment ship. Events that, that, that transpired and brought about them. Uh, that's uh, as you really dig into it, you're going to begin to see people doing what they thought was right in their own eyes. Okay, but I want I want to help us out there a little bit. They didn't say they'd done what they wanted to do. There was a difference. Paul in the New Testament didn't do what Paul wanted to do. Even whenever he was crucifying the church. Paul thought he was doing what he thought God wanted him to do. There's a difference between the two. When a man does things that he just wants to do. Most of the time those things that he just wants to do, a man out of that type of lust and, uh, lust and affection. He's not willing to die for it. He's not willing to go those extremes. But whenever it gets into his mind or heart and spirit that he thinks he's doing what he thinks God wants him to do, amen, then he's willing to go to the full extremes regardless of how ridiculous it may look or sound or may be. So there is a difference between the two. You've got to notice in Judges, and you've got to see this often about several verses in fact, Amen. If you look back at it, uh, uh, there's about five or six. In fact, the writer of the lesson mentions, amen, a couple of them. It, it brings out about Judges, go to, just go to Judges 17 and 6. And, and they may be able to follow me this morning, it may not, but, but we'll just see. I gave them some scriptures, but we, we're going to do. Anyway, Judges 17 and 6. Now this is a time, this is following the death of Samson. Okay. And so when you pick up on that 17th chapter, you're going to read about, and it's really the beginning and starting of how far the, the Hebrew Jewish people began to give themselves over to idolatry and, 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 and separate themselves from this almighty God, this Jehovah God. The one that was, amen, the bread of life. The one that was their protector and provider. Amen. But so we begin to see. Now notice something. What happens here? When you go there, the sixth verse. In Judges 17 and 6. In those days there was what? No king in Israel. That's very important. Amen. You and I must have a kingship in our lives, even in this world. We may not operate in America in the kingship like they do in Great Britain and have the prince and royalty in that measure. We come out from among that because that royalty, amen, wanted to lead this country and people, amen, and keep them suppressed under religion, amen, that was not of God, it was not acceptable. So thank God for America, amen. But you know what? Even America could not be founded and become what she was without listening to the word of God and to the king of kings because remember what Paul taught us in, in Romans and when he taught us amen to pray for what rulership or government ship or kingship and for anybody's in position and he didn't say to pray for them that's got the Holy Ghost and believe like you believe he talked about those it doesn't matter if Biden's in the president office or not you and I as Holy Ghost filled people have the responsibility to pray amen for him that he would do what's right because I believe God to move upon his liberal heart and mind and spirit to move on this behind 
If he can move on pagan kings of the Old Testament, our prayers can make a difference in the outcome of America because of our prayers. Because watch this. This nation cannot be without gunmanship. Because whenever we lose them, it's under attack, honey. I'm telling you, I'm in the Holy Ghost. It's under attack of the law of lawyer of lawsmanship and things of that nature. We don't want to go down that road. We're living in a world today that's put put this on, on hold and, and and not fund your law enforcement. I know some of us can get crossed up with them, but let me I'm gonna ask you something. Has every lawman handled everything just right? Has every doctor handled every situation right? Has every nurse handled everything just right? Every teacher handled everything just right? Every preacher, every pastor handled everything just right? Well, I'm going somewhere, ain't I? Okay, because if we're going to use, and I'm talking to us here. I'm just talking to general, okay? So I'm not attacking nobody. That, that ain't, but I am attacking a spirit. Because the spiritual world wants us to do away with, with highway patrolmen and sheriffs and deputies and, and courts and judges and things. Without kingship, that kingship represents government. Without government, both in the civil. Okay, so here's what I'm trying to tell us. If we're going to let a few bad lawmen, amen, cause us to throw them all out. Next time that your doctor don't do just right, don't ever go back to a doctor. Ever throw them all out. <laughs> it's going to be a different ball game now, isn't it? If, if one teacher... And we know they've done it, and, and that's increased with time, and we know that. But yet, are we going to close down all the schools? Now, I think you're getting a different picture. Because even the devil knows that if I can get a lawless society, I can persuade men to do what's right in their own sight. That is not what they wanted, but what's right in their own sight. But I'm telling you, our own conscience, and we're not designed and created, to, amen, to govern ourselves. Because if that had been the case, we'd have never needed Jesus Christ. We'd have never needed the Word of God, and we'd have never needed the Holy Ghost. We'd have never needed a Savior, but we've always needed a Savior. We've always needed a King. We've always needed one that was higher and outside of this world, because we lost it in the garden and since that moment of time we have had the need of needing a God an almighty God a power that's beyond and beyond us so that's what makes the church and the house of God <laughs> that's reading it blows my mind and please nobody be offensive what I'm fixing to say here that's reading it blows my mind when people get offended at church and offended at preachers they want to quit going to church but they sure don't quit going to them doctors. They don't quit going to lawyers. They don't quit calling on the police. Huh? Same principle. All works the same. You know what? Jesus taught us offenses are going to come. I mean, they're going to come. You're not going to avoid them. You're not going to get out from among them. Everybody's not going to say everything. Folks, we're not God. We're not going to handle everything perfect. We don't know what everybody's thinking and how to... But we're just earthen vessels being led by God and doing our best to do the best for God. 
All of us. I'm talking about all of us. I'm not talking about just the five. I'm talking about all of us. I don't mean to get on this, but here. So, so as we watch this today, and get a real understanding of the time that we read of this unfolding and taking place. We don't know exactly when, what, what judgment ship, and when it actually, but we know it was during the time of the judges. Now, that verse right there is mentioned. In fact, if you look at the very last verse of the book of Judges, it's mentioned, that verse is mentioned probably six or seven times if my memory serves me right. From that 17th chapter, amen, as you watch Micah, as you watch a man from the concubine, as you watch all these things unfold and just where their spiritual condition had uh, attained and where they had got. Amen. Wanting to set up their own priesthood and setting up the Levites and do things of taking them, seeing, watching Dan. Amen. Coming out of their inheritance, promised land, all the way from the north and making their way down to the south and taking advantage of a group of people that was isolated, nobody there to help them. And they go and take their land. They done what they thought was right in their own sight. Amen. And what, what do you mean by that? I'm talking about, amen. You Go back and read it. Amen. Every time they murdered them, they raped them, they stole, they done it, but they thought it's right. They thought they had a right to do those things and justify their action. Hey, I've heard it. I've watched them. I've, I've heard it out of their own mouths, especially when they're under the influence of drugs and the devil. I got a right to do this. I got a right to back this way. I got a right to steal this. Hey, I've heard it. I've had them tell me before. You know, why don't you do this? And I can't believe you don't want to. When that individual, amen, is the one that done wrong across the line. But, but they expect the church to move the line. They expect so-called Christians, amen, to move the line for them and justify them. I'm in the Holy Ghost today, folks. That's the same thing that's happened in the house of God. We want to change the principles and commandments and statutes. What it's going to take to be saved. If we're not careful, we keep broadening this thing up, honey. It won't be a river. It won't even be a stream. It won't be nothing but just a little old monkey thing. You can't float nothing in it. You can't get no sources out of it, no resources out of it. A fish can't even live in it. But that's not what we want. We want the riches of God and the powers of God. And it's going to take something that we're going to see out of Ruth. That's true submission. And that's genuine. And I'm going to preach on this a little bit tonight. That's genuine trust. Trust. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I'm going to leave that alone. Well, I felt a little. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me ask you one question before I. Do we have trouble with trust today? As a, as a general. We do. I mean, there was a time we didn't hesitate to send our, our children to school. We wasn't we wouldn't too worried about teachers mistreating them. In fact, amen. <laughs> I don't mean to get on that. We're, maybe we'll preach on it tonight. So, because I'm going to have a hard time doing what I'm going to do here. Go to the, the, the last verse. You can look at the very 25th verse of Judges 21 and 25. And you're going to see there again. In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. I, I want you to really get the principle though. A man right in his own eyes. Not, he didn't get what, just what he wanted. But he done what he thought was right in his own eyes. Okay. There is a difference between the two. 
When you go to Ruth 1, you begin to preach and you begin to read and you're going to see from this letter. With the help of the Lord here this morning, I'm just going to try to go through this. Amen. And then just, you know, anyway. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went into sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. Amen. And the name of the one was Limelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, the name of his two sons, Melion, Chilion, Ephraimites, Bethlehem of Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Let's don't make the mistake that the friends of Job made here. Amen. Surely, Job, this persecution, the trials, amen, no way would a just God allow you, amen, to, uh, to go through what you're going through and be persecuted like you are and dealing with the, the, the uh, things in life as you are. Amen. Let's don't make that mistake with this right here. Okay. We know. It was not wrong. Abraham and Isaac, amen, they had went to Egypt after famines. The whole nation of Israel had been sent. So it's not, not, it's like, you know, before we try to jump on him for leading them from what? From Bethlehem. Bethlehem means what? The bread, the house of bread. That's what it means. But a famine had came. And so he moves and he takes his family. If you read on later, you're going to remember that Naomi says that we left full. Now, that one verse, at the latter that verse said, and continued. They, they was there. Now you got to get into the area of, of marrying the daughters. Amen. As it moves on, it talks about the husband. And it don't take long. It begins to say that the two sons, Melion and Chilion, the Ephraimites, Bethlehem, as they came into the country of Moriah, continued there. Naomi's husband died, and she was left and her two, with her two sons. They took them wives of the women of Moab. Now there's, uh, but, but there is some scriptures, you go back, they had a process that they could go through for this to take place, for this to happen, amen, for, for it to, anyway, I'm going to leave that alone, got time, I'll tell you, there's a lot in this, and I won't have time to, to, to all of it, I'm going to just do the best I can with it, okay? But then, whenever it says, and then she arose, and her older laws, and that she might return from the country, she had heard, what, she had heard, amen, while she was in Moab, she heard that in Bethlehem, Judah, that, that what, bread, that the Lord, notice the term that she uses here, though, amen, Moab, that the Lord had visited his people and given them bread, wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughter-in-laws, and, and they went out to the way to return to the land of Judah, and Naomi said unto her two daughter-in-laws, Go return each to their own mother's house. Go to your own. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. Notice that. Amen. You're going to, because some of this you're really going to begin to make some connections about Ruth and, and, and her character and her, her, her whole works of righteousness. You know, a lot of people, you know, and they, they jump on this, especially in the New Testament, that works of righteousness. Say, man, it's not going to, you don't work to get to heaven. No, we by grace are saved. But the moment we become saved and born again of the water and we walk after the Spirit because you can't serve two masters, you can't walk after, you can't have two loves. Amen. You've got to watch all this. And so even here, her love, amen, for Naomi and also for her husband. She, you're going to watch this even after the death. It's very important to understand that. You're going to also see because this is a part of that virtuous woman that you're going to read about in that fourth chapter. Amen. The name of her father. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a tie in here. 
Whose name did we take on? Whose name did we represent? Who died and left us? But, but now we took on his name by betrothed. Amen. And by the betrothed, amen. It's like a, not just more to it than the engagement, than our American way of engagement. Amen. This engagement, amen. The only way to get out of this betrothed is by a writing of divorcement. And so even from that moment and that time, amen, you're responsible for what? The name. Hallelujah. The father of the groomsman. Hallelujah. So we got a name that we got. And even though he's departed and he died and he departed and ascended up. Amen. We bear that responsibility upon this earth. We walk in a different kingdom, a different power, a different spirit. We're not like the world. We don't respond like the world. We don't look and act and dress and, and conduct ourselves like the world because we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're not dominated, controlled by it. We got promises and riches that are laid up for us because we've been betrothed and we got things waiting on us. An inheritance is waiting on us. We got a hope that's waiting on us as a Gentile bride. Amen. Bought by Jesus Christ. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a really a lot to this. And the Lord grant you that he may find rest. Notice her concerned about her two daughter-in-laws. About where to go. And, and she's praying. She's praying God's blessings upon them. That they would find rest. They could find some answers. Each of you to the house of her husband. She's, she's opening immediately. So we, we realize they're young. Don't give us ages here. But no doubt they're young. And she's telling them. You know, I, I don't have a whole lot to offer. You watch what she says. So they kissed them and lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee until thy people. Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why? Why will he go with me? Are there any yet sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? I mean, you watch her. She goes on. I won't try to read all of it. But as she goes on, she says, Hey, I'm too old to get married. There's a lot more said to that than what you think. I'm going to mention this so I won't make sure I don't forget it. But as you watch it toward the end of this deal, let me ask you something. Who was closest kin to Boaz? Naomi or Ruth? Who was actually in line for that wedding? Naomi or Ruth? Watch this. Who matched his age closer, Naomi or Ruth? We watch it. <laughs> so Naomi's letting them know, I'm too old to get married. I don't have anything I can really offer you. Turn again, my daughters, go to, your, go to your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say, I have hope, if I should say if I had any hope. No, if I had a husband tonight, if I had two sons, amen, and, and, and I, I was fixing a birth. Would you, are you willing to tear him, wait, amen, until they became of age? She said, I'm not putting this on you. I'm not going to put this burden on you. You know, a lot of people put a lot of burdens on a lot of folks. You know, they talk about different stuff. <laughs> I won't go into all that because I'll start a fight. Cheers the world. <laughs> Praise God. But God knows what he's doing and working all this out. And so you and I, a lot of times, it would really pay off if us understand kingdom things and earthly things. And keep them in their right perspectives. <laughs> in right order. Amen. And enjoy them in that form and manner and powers. I tell you what, there's a lot of songs that's written about little cottages and little things and things of this nature up in heaven that you really can't back up in the Word of God. Anyway, I'll leave that alone too. Let's go. And so he goes on, talks about what they carry, and then they lifted up their voices and wept again and offered kissed and brother and mother-in-law and Ruth 
what's this? She kissed and she left. She, but, but, but Ruth cleaves to her. The next verse gives us a little idea how long. Because now Naomi speaks to her and says, hey, your sister-in-law is gone. She's out of sight. She's done left. She's gone back to her mother's. She's gone back to her, her family. She's gone back to her God's. And then, even the lesson brings out what, what uh, is spoken in 16th and 17th verses. That's used often in weddings. And ceremonies likened to this. The vows that are made. Amen. The commitment. The surrenders. Uh, that persuaded Naomi. To the point that from this point, you don't ever read where Naomi makes any statement at all. Of regretting of letting Ruth follow her and go with her. Regardless, she was out in the fields. And had to go out in them fields for several months. Because she went from the beginning of the barley harvest unto the ending. If you go back later on in scripture, you read Rizba. Amen. For David and those that put up, it talks about in the several months lapped that she protected those, those sons from the fowls of the air. And so we sometimes, uh, sometimes if we're not careful, if we think that we're the bride, it ought to just be an easy cakewalk and just no, no sacrifice and no commitment and, and dedication. And that's where our world is today because they've allowed leadership and spiritual leadership in their lives that put the grace of God and put it in a canister and put it in a place. Hallelujah, it doesn't matter how you live. You're saved by the grace of God. Or like Brother Ford says, those that believes, amen, that you're chosen from birth, before you was born that you're going to heaven and it doesn't matter what you do. But I'm telling you the church is predestinated not the individuals. Not the individuals. The church. This dispensation. Every dispensation is going to be judged according to their dispensation too by the way. That's the reason. Amen. Uh, the thief on the cross he didn't have to be baptized in Jesus name. And all these folks want to prove the doctrine that you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name runs to this guy right here. But they forgot the one that spoke to him. Amen. Watch this. The disciples didn't have to pray and fast as long as Jesus walked with them. The disciples didn't have to have the Holy Ghost as long as Jesus walked with them. Now they want to talk about two or three. Well, as long as they had Jesus, they had the Holy Ghost, they had God Almighty, they had everything they need. They didn't have to fast, they didn't have to pray, they didn't have to do any of them things. They could eat on the Sabbath, they could do all kinds of things breaking the law. Why? Because a law fulfiller was walking among them. And in that dispensation, they didn't have to speak in tongues. They didn't have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And they didn't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. But, amen, that's the reason the thief didn't. Because Jesus Christ himself was speaking to him. Who happens to be, according to the scriptures, the door that leads to eternal life. And whoever he opens up to is more than welcome, amen, to walk in. Hallelujah. And there's nothing, anybody can say anything about it. But you can't not take, go back there and think by the grace of God that you can buy, step around what the keys that was given to Peter by, by Jesus Christ, amen, to like the doors for eternal salvation. Amen. So the keys was given to Peter. Keys, amen, is used to do what? Unlock doors. Anybody showed up in the last few days and couldn't get into church? Your key wouldn't work? I hope not, but you know what I'm saying. Because we changed them now. What you got to do with that old key? Throw it away. 
Why? All you're going to do is mess up the door. It's not going to open it up. All it's going to do is cause the inside of that thing to start spinning. The whole thing, I've done seen it. Well, you can't get in. I had to come the other night before all this is done. It got spun to the top. Do you know what? The new key wouldn't spin it back. I had to, I had to get the old key. Byron said, well, we're done this and that. said something, and it hit me. I said, ma'am, the old key. So I reached in my pocket, gets the old key out. Stick it in there, turn it, and it turns it back to the bottom. I take the old key out, get the new key, stick it in there. It unlocks the door without spinning it. I'm telling you, a lot of people just spinning in their, in their sins. Hey, man, they ain't unlocked nothing until you unlock the power of sin in your life and the authority of sin in your life. You can't conquer it and you can't overcome it. But the moment you get the right key and apply it in the place it's supposed to be, it'll unlock Hallelujah, it'll unlock heaven. It'll unlock the Holy Ghost. It'll unlock the Word of God. It'll unlock the blood of the Lamb. Washing the cleansing and making us whole. Thank God for the key and the revelation of it. So as you watch this, and as she really begins to work with them, and she, she tells them all this, and now she makes her way, arrival back to Bethlehem, and, and she makes the statement, she gets there, and all the people are stirred and moved, and, and by their, their, their approach, and they're coming in. But, but Naomi says, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. Bitter. Life. Things that happen in life can cause us to become bitter. And I'm afraid if we're not careful, we as a church feel like we ought to be exempt from some of that. And when we have that idea, when we have that spirit, this is where bitterness starts coming in. When we start looking at it like, I don't deserve this. This ought not to happen to me. Closer to home, what you think? Why? Because we're humans. We're fleshly. Full of emotion, full of passion, full of hurt. Nobody likes to be hurt by words or any other way. Nobody really likes to take a needle and poke it in them. But you know what? If you hurt bad enough and you know that somebody's got something that can give you some relief... I'll I, I, I bear that little bit of pain to get some relief, some relief where I'm at. And so she came in. Hey Amen. You call me bitter because I left full, but I've come back empty. But she wasn't quite as empty as she thought. Because she had, she had a little damsel with her called Ruth. Ruth, a man. That, and I, we don't know the whole story. The, 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 the letter don't give us details of, of all the conversations and how long had she had been married and, and the encounters that she had in the time, amen, that she was in Moab. But under the leadership and the impressions, amen, of Naomi and her husband and her father-in-law and the impact that he had. But not only that, there's a God in the universe that's always working on our behalf. Paul makes it plain to us in one of his letters. He said, God is the one that can put the will or the passion or the desire in you to live for him. If you and I don't have a desire to live for him, you know what you need to do? Start asking, God, give me a desire. Give me a passion. You know why some people can seem like to survive so many attacks from the world and life itself, but still be faithful to the house of God. Keep the joy of God. Keep the love of God in your hearts. Amen. Because of that passion and affection and desire, they want to live for God. They want to serve God. 
They know where the help comes from. They know where the strength comes from. They know where the comfort comes from. I know I'm not exempt from all this, but you know what, God, you can help me through all of this. You can be my strength. You can be my help. That God, please don't let it, don't, don't cause it, cause it me to become bitter. Because when you get bitter, honey, you'll start attacking those that love you the most. You'll attack those that are so dear to you and so close to you. And that bitterness is hard. And if it's not dealt with, honey, that bitterness can begin to grow. And after a while, you won't control it. It'll control you. And everything in life and everything around life, man, you have a bitter taste about it and a bitter attitude about it. And it shows up. That bitterness will show up. And we can, we can still have on the cloak that, that I'm, I'm, I'm apostolic and that I'm Pentecostal and I've got the Holy Ghost. But there's something about what comes out. Amen. Amen. It sends a different picture. It draws a different. It gives a different image. And you know what? I want to I create the image. I want to live in the image. Not only of earthly, but of heavenly. Of my heavenly Father. Amen. Because that's what he promised me. Hallelujah. You know what? You're in the image of Jesus Christ. Both earthly and by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We become in his image both spiritually. Well, I'll preach on that sometime. Uh, it looked like a little hesitation there on me about it. But it's in there. Amen. To walk in the image of him, both in, in the earth and spiritual. But anyway, let's move on from that. So when she comes back, amen, with this. But as they observe and watch, begin the things begin to happen. When you start, go to the second chapter, amen. And, and sometimes you go to the second chapter, watch this. Whose idea was it to go to a field? It was Ruth's. She volunteers. I, I'll go to the field. We're going to see that Ruth's not lazy. She's willing to, to uh, get up and, and, and go out in the field. And so Naomi gives her permission, tells her to go. She don't instruct her here at this point in time. And the Bible says, there's a key word, I believe it's in about maybe the second verse, uh, uh, Ruth's second, something, or the third verse there, uh, the third verse. Amen. So she went out and gleamed in the fields and uh, the reapers, and her help, amen, was to light on the part of the field belonging to Boaz. And, and so you, when you look at that word, H-A-P, it actually means just, you know, by chance, my son would say. It just, it just happened. We don't believe it just didn't happen. We believe in an almighty God. Amen. We believe in this Jehovah God. In fact, if you go back to the time she's talking about being bitter, amen, she calls God that, the Almighty. She used that old title, the Almighty, the provider, the protector. Amen. Even though in that condition, she knew where her help was going to come from. Even though she didn't know what was going to be the outcome. That's what Naomi was trying to tell them. And so now as they get there, and she goes out in the field, and she happens to wind up on Boaz's. Amen. And field. And as you go down through this, for time's sake, I'm, I'm going to go through a little bit of it here. So Boaz, amen, as he comes, and he greets, amen, the reapers. And he greets the servant that's over them. And he greets them in the name of the Lord. And they respond to him in like manner. And immediately... And this is one reason. Now, you do with the lesson what you want to. Maybe I'm just too simple-minded. Maybe I just don't get some of it. But, but I, I did totally agree with this idea that Boaz wasn't catching on what was going on. Amen. And, and he, he liked to miss some things and all this other. You, 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 you may tell you why I don't believe that. Because Boaz was likened to Christ. And we'll tell you something. Christ, he doesn't miss not one thing. Not one opportunity. God's never going to ever be too busy that he can't tend to you. When you cry out to him in a manner and a way with your heart and your right spirit and you want his will, I'm telling you, all of heaven will shut down. Jesus proved that in his three and a half years of his ministry with blind Bartimaeus and other times of earth events. It went on. It went on around him. He heard that cry. He felt that touch. He knew what flowed from him. This is the same one now. 
If he's in the likeness of Christ, and we believe he is. I don't believe, but there is a process that had to take place. What had to take place? She had to ask. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. Oh, God knows that we have need. He knows before we ever, before we ever even know it. But we got to ask. It's all in the power of coming and responding. A lot of people, you know, they, they hate these altars. Can I just be honest with you? They hate the works of the altars. And I'm talking about especially if they never received the Holy Ghost. They don't want to come and make that sacrifice. They don't want to come and put forth that. And dying out. Dying out. God help us. Let's get back. Get back to that place. God help me die. Paul taught us to do it on a daily basis. Could it be if we took a real good examination of ourselves, our biggest problem, we just are not willing to die often enough. Myself. Not my, myself. Crucify myself. Bring myself under submission. Amen. I, I mean, you know what would solve our eating problem? If God would take everything off of this earth except Rudy Baker's. Just picking. But even you'd get sick of them, you start eating them every morning. Dinner. And his supper. I don't care how many ways you can fix them. You can mash them up. You can fry them. You can f- eat them raw. <laughs> Whatever way you, after a while you say, I'm sick of these rutabakers. <laughs> It'll start showing up, wouldn't it? Well, y'all a little hesitant on me about this. But it's the truth. It's the truth. If you ate nothing but rutabakers. They help you for you like them. You do that. I'm giving you a good diet plan in 2024. If you eat them out, I promise you at the end of 2024, you'll be so proud of your figure. <laughs> what a pastor. What a pastor here. <laughs> I'm just going on with you, really. But, but as we watch this, and Boaz, as he, he began to, he, he, he the dancer. But, but notice what he says. Amen. So Boaz come to his servants, and whose dancer is this? The servant said, and said over, uh, the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitess Daniel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me cling together here in the reapers. And she had rest for just a little bit in the house. If you notice that, she tarried rest for just a little. She didn't go in, you know, just a little while. But she's been, re- so watch what Boaz says. And then said, Boaz, Ruth, hearest thou not my, my daughter? Go not to gleam in another field. Neither go from Kent's, but abide here fast by my maidens. What do you, what is he, um, because if you read on here, he begins to instruct his servants, amen, to allow her not only stay with the maidens, but to come and glean with the gleaners. And for those gleaners, that's ahead of her. Because under the Levitical law, amen, the corners, the corners was all that Ruth was supposed to go and gather from. After the reapers had went through, they go to the outer corners. And anybody that knows anything about farming, amen, the best crop most of the times is inside the field. The outer corners and edges don't produce nowhere near because of trees and things of this, others, amen, obstacles out there that, that robs the fertilizer and the sunshine and things like that. so there's not near the crop out there that it is in the middle of the field and so God would instruct them to leave the corners and the outer edges of the field for the, for the poor amen for they to have something that they could gather what they could at least to survive and, and so God would provide for them amen God took care of all that and so here amen but here he's telling his gleamers amen on purpose I want you to drop you gleam it you pick it but you drop it and you leave it for Ruth Man, I'm telling you what, God's in the business of blessing his New Testament church on purpose sometimes. Not that we deserve it, 
Now watch this. Ruth's response unto Boaz immediately was what? Boaz, how did you, how did you identify me? How did you, how, why would you recognize me? Your grace. Your grace. That you, you would look upon me among your maidens. That you would recognize me. And speak out to me. And welcome me to come and glean in your field. Their responsibility now. Boaz telling her now. Amen. The months that lays ahead. You always follow. These, these are my gleamers right here. Whatever field they're in. That's the field you come. Because two things is going to happen here. We're going to help supply your needs. But more importantly that. We're going to protect you. Because I've already instructed the young men. Not to touch you. Now, we could really get romantic with some of this if we wanted to. So apparently she was attractive. Number two, she was very young. Boaz is not. You don't hear much about that. But he's not. In fact, Naomi would meet, reach the age of Boaz than Ruth. And so as this begins to... Now watch this. You got this is a type of Israel and the New Testament church. Those that reject it, but thank God is part of the fulfillment, he's going back to them. So there's a lot of tie to all of this. And so as he invites her and, 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 and tells her to come, and not only that, but whenever you want water, you come where my gleamers are at. They can draw the water for you. Who draw the water for us? The waters of salvation. The waters of joy and peace and love and comfort. The waters of life and life more abundantly. In this life and in that one to come. This is what he's telling Ruth. But Ruth had to be willing to what? Forsake everything. Everything that her earthly father and mother could have offered her. All the comforts, all the assurance, all the God that she knew up to this point in time. You got to come out of false doctrines. You got to come out of traditions of men. You and I have got to reach a point, place, God, I want to know you for myself. I want to experience and walk where you want me to walk. I want to be who you want me to be. I don't want to be distracted by anything. When I come to the house of God, I don't want to pick up things and get involved in things that I don't have to, that I can't listen to you. I don't want to get so occupied in this world that I don't have time for my Savior. I don't want to get so distracted by. And so sure enough, as she goes home to Naomi now, we're going to the next chapter. And, and there she comes in. And buddy, she knew she had been. But Ephah was about a barrel, barrel full. It was about six or seven days of picking that she brings in in one day. And Naomi says, oh, you have been blessed. Whose fields have you been picking out of? Psalmist talks about it. We are the sheep of whose pasture? You and I decide what field we're going to eat out of. God's never going to force us. God's never going to make us. You and I make the decision whose fields we're going to glean out of. Whose field that we're going to make our way to on a daily basis. But you better watch that luring one. Those fields from a distance always seem to be greener. The fence around them seems to be a whole lot more, more, you know, more up to date and 
more in style, and more to my, my language and my lingo and my, my passions and my affections. Boy, I'm preaching this morning. <laughs> that luring things, hallelujah, they're trying to get you to it. But I'm telling you, God's got a feel for everybody, for his sheep. And sometimes that feel may not have the attractions that the world's got. You look at that tabernacle on the outside of that tabernacle, it wasn't too attractive. Badger skin. Man, if you looked on the outside, you think, what kind of God is it? But when you got on the inside, it's when you get on the inside of the church. It's when you get inside the promises of God. When you allow the promise keeper and the promise provider get on the inside of us, how the real beauty starts showing up. The real power, the authority, and the passions of the love start showing up. The real commitment starts showing up. I don't understand why y'all do that. I don't understand why y'all want to go to church. That's like asking the husband, why don't you ever go home? Don't you ever want to go to daddy's house? There ought to be something at this house that always attracts us. Always pulling at us. Regardless of the trials, regardless of the difficulties, regardless, amen. And come on, Naomi, man, she faced it. But so did Ruth. She lost a father-in-law and she lost a husband. Amen. And now she's following after one and following her instruction because now she begins to instruct her, amen, what to do whenever the wintering time comes and the months pass by now and the winter time is coming. And there, there's, there's Boaz, amen, that he's going to go in and he's going to winter, amen. And after that wintering, amen, the Bible says that he's going to eat and drink and be merry and laid down. And so Naomi gives her the custom and the instructions of how, how to win this over and how to make the request. And she instructs her to go in to where Boaz is going to lay. She said, don't you make yourself known unto him, but you get there and close enough that whenever you see where he lays down and when he goes to sleep, you slip in there. And she slips in. Now she doesn't go lay up beside him like so many wants to do this day of time. They want to enjoy all the pleasures before they make any vows or commitments. They want to enjoy the things of what the earth and the flesh has got to offer before they make any commitments in the heart and the mind and the spirit to provide and protect and cover and to be loyal. But she come in to show total, total submission and subjection to Boaz. I'm telling you, we're not going to go anywhere with Jesus Christ until we let him know we're willing to submit and yield ourselves and not just part of us, but in all of our areas. Everything and who and what we are, it belongs to you, Jesus. Every episode in this life and upon this earth that transpires, God, it, it belongs to you. You're the sovereign God. You're the almighty God. I believe, God, if i got to face it, you'll help me face it. You'll help me handle it right. You'll help me not to let bitterness. And I know there'll be a battle with that. Hey, I know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah, mom and dad that leaves home. There's some children, amen. And that's the reason bitterness, bitterness is running so rapid in our country because there's been so much forsaken a responsibility of people. But please, let's don't let it become an excuse. Let's don't let others let it become an excuse. How often have I heard it? I've heard it from courtrooms. I've heard it from lawyers. I've heard it from, from teachers. I've heard it from, well, their daddy left them. Their mama left them. 
You ought to see the environment raise And I understand all that. I understand all of that. But even in the midst of that, that's where you and I come in as witnesses. I know a God. I know a Savior. Hallelujah. Like Naomi was telling Ruth. Hallelujah. Amen. At the end of this deal now, you just follow what I'm fixing to tell you. And so she goes in and lays at his feet. And she just waits. I don't know how long she had to lay there. But I know the Bible says at midnight, Boaz is afraid. He stirred. There's something at his feet. Stir him up. What would you do if somebody's laying at your feet at midnight? I know what some of you do. You'd shoot your bride full of holes. I'm just being honest. But thank God Boaz. Who art thou? Who are you? Who? It's Ruth. It's Ruth. I want you to put your skirt over me. I want you to cover me. Her request was, I want you to marry me. Could it be in, and I wish, I may study this out sometimes, maybe I can find it. The age difference between the two. Because if you watch this, as he responds to her and tells her, I will. Now he done it, he done, he done, done some study on it. He done, done some work on it. How do you know that? Because immediately he tells her, I'm not the next in kin, no. There's one ahead of me. And they, they, they want to say that he missed it. I don't believe that. I believe Jesus Christ used, even at the early age of 12, that his purpose upon this earth was all about. A bride that he was going to purchase. A bride that he was willing to pay a price for. And even inside of his own words, hey, the majority is not going to believe it. And the majority is not going to come, but those that will. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those that have believed that the Messiah has come. Though you believe that I am he, you're going to die in your sins. I'm so thankful. I, I, we've talked on this so Wednesday night. Hallelujah. The John, the message of John. And, and, that, and that night, the 10th verse of 2 John. Hallelujah. The son and the father. You can't have one without the other. Amen. But they were trying to persuade people that they didn't have to have Jesus Christ. That's like telling people you ain't got to be baptized in Jesus' name. That you ain't got to be baptized in his spirit. And you ain't got to obey his word. You can just live wherever you want. Want to and do whatever. I beg the difference for you. That's not the word of God's taught us. That's what not God's left us. But He's left us instructions and guide us how to win this thing. And so here she is, falling through now. As, 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 as Boaz, no doubt, is going to get up and he's going to make his way and, and he goes to that next of kinsman. And he, the next day, he didn't, he didn't drag around about it. Naomi, if you remember, as, as Ruth goes back and tells her, hey, mate, Naomi, what? She tells, she tells Ruth, hey, you don't worry. Said he's gonna work on it. He's gonna work on it quick. Said he'll be on it tomorrow. Said, said you just wait. Oh my. You just wait, Ruth. You just wait, and watch and see. Well, we don't like that part. How many likes waiting rooms? Shell amazes me. Sometimes right here. I have some. Hey, when service gonna start? Why ain't we started? And sometimes they hadn't been here five minutes. They didn't go through, Gunner. 
If you're in a hurry to start, you're in a hurry to leave. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, that's the spirit. I, I believe starting on time. Don't, don't get me wrong. Let's start. Let's do our best to start on time. But if, 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 if some reason we're a minute or too late, I'm not going out there and get in my car and leave. Now, we don't want that old dragon spirit to get a hold of us and we 30 minutes late getting started. But on the other hand, now that I showed up, hey, let's get going. I got things to do, places to go. No, I don't want that spirit either. Man, I can open a can of words right here now. Woo, praise God, help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, I'm going to move on. And so, sure enough, he goes and he calls. And the next morning, man, he's sitting at the gate. This is where business was taken care of. Here comes the next of kin. He calls him over. He said, hey, hey, come over here. He gets him ten elders. And he, he testifies. And to start with, amen, he says, hey, I'll redeem it. I'll redeem it. He said, well, God, so God, you got to redeem Ruth, too. The Moabites. So, oh, wait a minute. I can't take that on. Everybody's trying to look for God's. And looking for ways, amen, outside of Jesus Christ. That God does not have the power or the ability, amen, to pay the price and redeem us. Only Boaz had the riches and the wealth. Because if you go back and read it, Boaz was wealthy and rich. And he had the finances, amen, not only, amen, to redeem Naomi and her husband and her two sons. He had the finances and the wealth, amen, to redeem that old Gentile bride. Hallelujah. God had it, amen, from the very beginning. That's the reason Jesus Christ was formed before the very foundations of the earth. Jesus Christ was formed and ready. Amen. Before there was ever a first Adam. God knew there was going to be a second Adam. And his name was going to be Jesus. And he's going to have the power and the ability, amen, to buy that second church. Excite you tonight. I don't know what to tell you. There's only one Redeemer. I'm glad to know him this morning, and his name is Jesus. It doesn't matter how much sin I'd walked in, it doesn't matter how many bad checks I'd wrote. It doesn't matter how much sin it piled up. The grace of God always abounds. The grace of God is always abound. If I'm willing to repent, I'm, I'm willing to confess. If I'm willing to call on Him, if I'm willing to wait on Him, I tell you, God's not going to fail His bride. God's not going to fail His church. In this end time, hallelujah, God's going to bring us through. God's going to make us victorious. The price has already been paid. We've done read the back of the book. We know how it's going to wind up. We know how it's going to finish. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. It doesn't matter what comes or goes. Now, if you read on there, amen, after he redeems her, you come into the, the fellowship of it. And, and there's where you read about Boaz telling Ruth, amen, because whenever she made that statement to him, if you go back to the wintering night, he makes that statement. She said, All my people, your focus verse, all my people has done realized. All the people in Bethlehem, they don't come to that conclusion. Amen. That you are a virtuous woman. Amen. Not to just when the living, but even after the dead. You've held royalty to your husband's name after his death. 
If you go to Proverbs 31 and 31, in the latter part of that verse, it talks about that virtuous woman that's willing to hold that, that husband's name after his departure, after his death. But she still holds in such high ranks and high honors. Amen. And representing his name. Come on, church. We've got a responsibility to call upon our lives. Quit doing what you think's right in your sight. And let's get in the place in the word of God and the Holy Ghost. Amen. To represent the name of Jesus Christ like never before. It's God's will, amen, to let his gifts work in this local assembly. It's God's will to pour out his spirit up in this local assembly. It's God's will for us to have babies. You know why? You know why the other guy, the other kinsman wouldn't do it? He knew that if he married her at her young age, she was going to have not just a child. Not just a child, that, but she would have a son. And having a son meant that he would have to give that field back to him. He didn't have enough resources to, to cover all that. I can't handle that. It'll mess up my inheritance. Come on, folks. It's time for our inheritance upon this earth to be messed up that we might gain a heavenly inheritance. It must, we must be born again of the water and the spirit. We must become the children of God. We must walk in the promises of his calling and election. We must give him our all, shake ourselves, examine ourselves, and let God have his way. But Boaz says, a redeemer. And Boaz says this about Ruth. He says, Ruth, you could have picked and followed after the youth. Go back and read it. Boaz 4. I think it was. I can't remember. Time. 3 and 10. Boaz 3 and 10. Put it up there. And he said, Bless be thou of the Lord. Bless be thou of who? All capital letters. Man, she done. She done turned God's. That's what the commitment was made to Naomi. I'm going to die. Well, you're going to die. But your God's going to be my God. Hallelujah. I'm not putting my trace, my trust of faith just in you. I'm putting it in the God that you serve. And so now watch what Boaz says. And now my daughter, fear not. I'm sorry. Bless be thou of the Lord, thy my daughter, for thou hast showed more kindness in the latter end that thou, at thou, than at the beginning. Inasmuch as thou hast followest not young men, whether poor or rich, but you chose this old man. You chose one that, that you felt or could have if you looked at it. In just a few years, you'll be right back where you was at. Amen. You could have been right back, amen, without a husband. Going through the same tragedy again. Come on, how often we've said it about individuals. Hallelujah, that, that had a husband and he died. And just in a few months or a few years later, they have another that died. We think, oh my goodness. She didn't. And so, by lineage and by age. Now, you watch Naomi. You're talking about servants. You're talking about everybody that's humbling and yielding and submitting themselves. Boy, there's a lot in these four chapters, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but Naomi was actually the one in line to marry the old man. 
But she said, no way. I'm beyond bearing a son. And my only hope of my inheritance and my future is that I might attain one through this Moabitess. And so she instructs Ruth how to be successful, how to acquire and obtain this. And when you read the latter part of this fourth chapter, as we stand in this house this morning, you're going to read where Ruth, after birthing a son, it wouldn't surprise me. Like Brother Jaron, nine months later after marriage, amen, we got that little bambino. Nine months after Ruth and Boaz. I'm putting that in there. You do with it what you want to, but it's pretty close. You look at it. Hallelujah. A son was born to them. And Ruth brings her and brings her to Naomi and lays her in the hands of Naomi. Hallelujah. She had came back. I left full. I came back out of the Moabites. empty. But now that I came back to Bethel, now that I came back to the house of bread, now that I came back to the Jehovah God, my hands are full again. My heart's full again. I'm holding a son. And the Bible says she nurses it. She takes it in her own. She nurses it. It's, it's like it's, it's her own son. God knew what he was doing from the beginning. All he wants you and I to do, and I'm going to preach on this a little bit tonight. All he wants you and I to do is to trust him. We can't dictate and we can't control everything in life. What comes and comes our way. Young and old. But I tell you what we can do. We can make up in our minds whose field we're going to eat out of. And we can make up in our minds who we're going to trust. Amen. Just help us to make this journey. At whatever it cost. Because could it be. I'm going to say this. Could it be the reason medications. And a lot of these things. Is not working like they used to. Is because God's touch put, shutting down some areas. Where we, we lean too much on. I mean it's really a lot easier. To go over there and pay. $250 for a doctor visit. And wait two and a half hours in a waiting room. And he's just practicing medicine. He's going to ask you what's wrong. He's not going to know what's wrong with you. I'm not making light of them. I thank God for them. I, th- I thank God for them every day. They're gifted. They're talented. And God uses them. But they're not God's. But they're trying to, they're trying to ease into that place. Through medications in one way or another. Shortening lives and taking lives. And they're choosing. And that's exactly what's going to happen in this world if we're not careful. Because we want to clone and we want to be gods. We'll make ourselves God. Because that's exactly what the devil told Eve in the garden. You'll become as gods like us. <laughs> Praise God. I want to trust him. How about you? I want to trust God. I want to trust his word. And, 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 and to come to that realization, we're not exempt. But you know what? Neither he'll leave us nor forsake us. But he'll be there. And he promised us he would put more on us than what we can bear. Amen. He'll help us. He'll help us when, when things happen. Words are said and actions are taken. If we'll let him. Can I say this? God's trying to make some adults out of us. God's trying to make some elders out of us. Let's let him work. Let's let him have his way. 
As we all stand here this morning, I love you and appreciate you. But let's take a moment. Let's just take a moment now. Let's let some of this really sink in. Let's, 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 Ruth and the Redeemer. Hallelujah. The first Jesus name church and the Redeemer called Jesus. I'm glad we got his name on the sign. I'm glad we got his name in our hearts. I'm glad I know what name to call on. I'm glad to know him through the riches of his word, the riches of his spirit. <laughs> did I deserve it? No. Sure didn't. As, as, as Ruth said, by your grace, by your grace, Boaz, it's just your grace. It's not my beauty. It's not my age. Notice time after time. Maidens, you put me with your maidens. If we could literally see that this morning, we might be shocked. Boy, it's too bad I didn't have a picture of that. We might be shocked at just how how Ruth looked compared to some of the maidens. But when God's in it. See, we want to judge everything with these old earthly eyes and these old carnal ways. I mean, she could have looked at old Boaz and he'd come walking up there. I don't know. He might have been bald-headed and bow-legged. I don't know. That didn't fetch nobody. <laughs> he might have had a head full of gray hair. Standing straight up. But, but somebody nudged her and said, Hey, you do know how old he is, don't you? That has happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. You mean she's marrying him? <laughs> Well, she's marrying him for his. <laughs> I'm sorry, I went to meddling. <laughs> Amen. God's willing to take on this bride. Hallelujah. I'm willing to be taken on. How about you? I want him to take us on. I want us to lead us and guide us. From this year to come, first Sunday morning, but I want the power and the presence of God to unveil itself in Bendale, Mississippi, in a power and a demonstration. Amen. That he sees fit. We want the Father's will. So let's take a moment and let's just ask him. Let's call to him. Let's thank him for that redeeming power and saving power. For bringing me out of bondage. Can I say this? There's going to be a... Could it be that in the last day, the real revival is going to be is bringing people out of bondage of traditional churches. Boaz stood in the midst of all those judges and all those areas and people that was doing what they thought was right in their own sight. But thank God there was a Boaz in the, in the midst of all that that was doing what was right. And he had to show compassion and love and know the heart of God. I don't know who revealed it to him about Ruth, but he says, it's been, no, it's been revealed to me about her. I have a feeling God gave him a visit. Could it be the same angel that visit Joseph? Visit Moaz. I know I don't have no scripture for that. But the scripture's real plain. He knew. And I don't believe it was gossip. In fact, the whole city knew it before it was over with. Church, we got an obligation. It's following the footsteps of Ruth. This community to know that, hey, we're the bride. We're the church. And what flows out of us and the fruits we bear. It won't be what we wear. It's what flows out of us. And the spirit that flows out of us is be the true witnessing powers. Oh, hey, this is the bride. Lord, we love you today and appreciate you.
We're so thankful for your love, your compassion, your mercy. I'm thankful for every family, every individual that's in this service with us this morning. As you shine down from the heavens upon our hearts, upon our minds, and upon our spirit. As you guide us, God, in 2024. God, we want to follow the orders of your footsteps. We want to follow the example that you have left us. Help us, God, in this world and time that we're living, where bitterness and envy and strive, where sin seems to be accepted and even promoted. But, God, you help us. You help us to make the stand. You help us stand in your truth. Stand in your compassion and love and mercy. Help us be the witnessing that you'd have us to be, God, in this world and time that we're living in. Allow the witnessing power of the Holy Ghost to flow through us as we humble and yield ourselves unto your will, loving one another, encouraging one another, uplifting one another, everybody to be successful in your kingdom. We ask this in no other name, but in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. God bless you. Be back tonight, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. Amen. I don't know if Sister will make it back or not, but if the praise singers want to come practice, you're welcome to do it. Okay? God bless you.